KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Thursday, May 26th. State lawmakers push for more gun control. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Another in-custody death has occurred at a jail in San Diego County. A 64-year-old inmate died of unknown causes on Wednesday at the San Diego Central Jail. The man's name is being withheld pending family notification. An autopsy is scheduled for today. This is the 10th death at a county jail this year. California's governor and state water managers say drought conditions are heightening the need for conservation, even in San Diego, where local officials say there's plenty of water. The San Diego County Water Authority's Jeff Stevenson says a desalination plant and deals for Colorado River water secure local supplies, but he says the authority will still encourage residents to save. If the state is successful in voluntary cutting water use, it could stave off more severe mandatory water use restrictions already in effect in parts of California. Major construction at the San Diego International Airport is starting early next month. Construction will be in front of Terminal 1, and it's expected to continue through the end of 2024. If you plan to travel through there, officials suggest making parking reservations, using public transit, or arranging to be picked up and dropped off. Terminal 1's parking lot will be permanently closed after June 15th, along with the pedestrian bridge in front of Terminal 1 that goes to ground transportation. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. California lawmakers are vowing to fast-track a handful of new gun restrictions in the wake of the Texas school shooting, which left at least 19 children dead. CAP Radio's Nicole Nixon reports. Governor Gavin Newsom wants state lawmakers to send him four bills by the end of next month that would restrict gun sales. He also wants them to add urgency clauses, which would allow the bills to take effect immediately if they're passed and signed. That requires approval from two-thirds of lawmakers in both houses, a supermajority Democrats hold. We're going to continue to advance that reform. We're taking it to a whole nother level with a sense of urgency that this moment requires. One of the bills passed the state Senate just hours after the Texas shooting occurred. It would allow residents to sue gun makers and sellers for damages if their weapons are used illegally. Senator Anthony Portentino cited the shooting in urging his colleagues to support it. One more death is too many. I respectfully ask for an I vote. Other proposals the governor is supporting would ban ghost guns and fine gun manufacturers if they market to minors. 
In Sacramento, I'm Nicole Nixon. In San Diego, teachers, students, and parents are responding to the shooting at an elementary school in Texas. On Wednesday, Board of Supervisors Chairman Nathan Fletcher directed flags to be flown at half-staff at the San Diego County Administration Center in honor of the victims. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has more on local reactions. Simply gutted, devastated. Maria Ortega is deeply invested in local schools. She's the mother of kids in two districts and also sits on the board of three charter schools. They want students, parents, and teachers to know they're not alone and says teachers in particular are having a hard time in the aftermath of this shooting. A friend of mine who's a teacher in the South Bay, and I checked in on her. How are you doing? And she said she, she got to school this morning and she simply sat in her car and cried. San Diego County Sheriff Tony Ray says their deputies are wearing mourning bands in solidarity with Uvalde. Their protocol kicks in immediately after mass shootings happen. We are putting our deputies near the schools, the churches, I say, in the where people gather together uh, so they know that we're out there protecting them. He says it's important for people to communicate and ask for help before it's too late. Oftentimes I, I talk to people and they say, yeah, I thought something was wrong, but I know you're busy. I didn't want to bother you. Well, we want to be bothered. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. The retail cost of electricity in San Diego is among the highest in the nation, and the latest San Diego gas and electric budget request is calling for those rates to go up even more. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson looks at why the local cost of electricity remains on a steady upward trajectory. San Diego's utility bills climbed steadily in the past two decades. The state's average price for a kilowatt of electricity enough power to keep a 100-watt light bulb on for 10 hours, is close to 26 cents. And locally, prices are even higher. We're recognizing and we've, you know, we've always acknowledged that, you know, that we have, you know, higher rates here at SDG&E. San Diego Gas and Electric Scott Kreider says customers can expect average bills to climb another $9 a month in 2024 if state regulators approve the company's latest budget. He says the utility forecasts energy consumption will double by 2045, and the local power grid needs to be upgraded to deal with it. It's on really empowering the energy transition so we can uh, handle more renewable energy, more battery storage, and and to be able to charge uh, an increasing number of electric vehicles in the region. The costs for those improvements and others are baked into the cost of kilowatts that customers buy. When you buy carrots at the grocery store, isn't that how they charge for carrots? You buy more, you pay more. You buy less, you pay less. Ahmed Farouki is an economist who studied electricity rate systems for 40 years. He says the way people pay for electricity is a lot like going to a market. Welcome. Please scan your first item. First, buy a basket big enough to hold everything bought on the biggest shopping trip of the year. That's called a capacity cost. Add lettuce and tomatoes to the basket to represent transmission and distribution, and that accounts for nearly two-thirds of the cost of a kilowatt hour. The actual electricity, a couple of potatoes, close to another third. Sundries like public purpose programs and debt service for purchases made years ago make up the rest. But Faruqi says buying electricity is not like going to the market in one crucial way. 
If you don't like the prices at Safeway, you can go to five other grocery stores. If you don't like the price of United Airlines ticket, you have 10 other options to look at. Same thing for hotels and cars and so on. There is competition. And not only is there no competition in California's electricity marketplace, utilities play a huge role in setting the price. In fact, they set the price. And regulators at the California Public Utilities Commission mostly approve the kilowatt rates. But those rates include things utilities can't control. The CPUC's Mike Campbell says regulators insist on conservation. And state lawmakers want things like rooftop solar, so utilities have to adjust rates upward. And regulators want to make sure utilities sell enough power to cover costs. If the forecast is wrong and they collected a million dollars less than, than we decided they were supposed to, we'll, make, we'll try to set the rates so that they're going to collect a million dollars more the next year to make up for it. And that means regulators guarantee a utility gets so much money. And if they don't, then customers pay more. Insert cash or select payment type. Use pin pad to complete transaction. And it's also crucial to remember where the utility makes its profit. It comes from building infrastructure. And SDG&E Scott Kreider sees a huge need. You think about you know, really almost doubling the capacity of the electric grid in, you know, in about 20 years or so. And so, you know, this is going to be uh, really an ongoing journey that we're going to have to go on with our customers. Economist Ahmed Farouki says that journey will be costly. Everyone is projecting rate increases of 10 to 20 percent on top of already high rates. And customers are pretty much fed up with it, right? Affordability is a big challenge. There are proposals to change the way rates are calculated, but there's little chance any changes will come soon. So when the power bill arrives in the mail, expect the costs to continue to go up. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up, California lawmakers are working on a bill that would ban the practice of expelling and suspending preschool children. We wouldn't say, sit in the corner with those books until you know how to read. But we do that to kids. You sit in the corner until you know how to play with kids. And that's not logical. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Preschool children are expelled and suspended at rates three times higher than kids in K-12 schools. It's a problem California lawmakers are trying to address with a new bill. It's a bill that would ban the practice that disproportionately impacts black children. Yet, as KQED's Deepa Fernandez reports, some early educators are already addressing the issue inside the classroom. Matthew is a bubbly and sweet kid. Say peace. Peace. But there are times when Matthew, like most preschoolers, is hard to deal with, says his mum, Denise Wilson of Compton. He doesn't have any boundaries. He's very kind of in your face. Matthew was constantly getting into trouble at preschool. 
all the teachers really were having a lot of issues with uh, Matthew's behavior. And they didn't want me to bring him at a certain time during nap time because he'll disturb the classroom. And then this happened. Hey, Deepa, this is Denise. Matthew had an incident and he threw a chair and he was suspended from school. Suspension or expulsion from preschool happens way more to black children than others. Federal civil rights data shows that pre-pandemic, black three- and four-year-olds made up just 18% of all public preschoolers, yet they were almost half of all those suspended. Behaviour is communication. Suspending preschoolers with behavioural issues or punishing them is not the solution, says Dr Marie Connie Paulson, chief psychologist at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. What his communication is saying is, for some reason, he can't cope with the expectations, and he needs help. Dr. Paulson believes that many early educators simply don't have the training to know how to deal with challenging behaviours. It needs to be part of the pre-service training of teachers. Training preschool teachers to work with children with challenges is the mission of Linda Brault, a child behaviour expert with WestEd, an education equity organisation. And their difficulty with behavior is just as similar as, I don't know how to read. We wouldn't say, sit in the corner with those books until you know how to read. But we do that to kids. You sit in the corner until you know how to play with kids. And that's not logical. Teachers want to help, Brault says. They've just never been taught about the challenges some kids face and why punitive measures won't work. It's not magic in the moment. It's all the things you've done ahead of time. It's the relationships you've built. So that when you see a child that is escalating and is going to have an explosion of strong emotions, you have strategies that you've taught him or the other children. Do you see yours in It's exactly the philosophy used at a preschool housed on the campus of Grossmont College in San Diego, where most of the children come from low-income families. When he was yelling at me. You were mad at who when they were yelling at you? This preschool has worked hard in its two decades to make sure every child is met where they're at, Meharan says. She points out one little boy who her staff identified early as having challenging behaviour and seems a little unaware of his body bumping into other kids. As I stand there with the kids, he suddenly reaches out and hits the little girl next to him. Ow! Yeah! Be gentle with me. Did you catch the teacher's response? She said, tell him, be gentle with me. And the little girl repeats that to the boy, and she wanders off, apparently mollified. If you discipline a child while their brain is not able to think and process, you're not helping the child learn how to self-calm. In this moment, punishment can make a child angrier, she says. The teachers have a calming kit or a solution kit, and there's some fidgeting toys and things like that in there just to kind of help them re-engage with their thinking brain. The bill to ban suspensions only applies to publicly funded preschools. Meharan hopes that All preschools will replace harsh discipline with strategies that help children learn to deal with their big feelings. And that was KQED's Deepa Fernandez.
Some homeowners in a newly built Chula Vista development say the sales team and builder of their community did not live up to the promises made. They bought near a landfill. And as Kitty Alvarado reports, they want to warn those who are about to buy even closer to the site. When Maryland couple Bob and Shirley Kurlowitz were thinking of buying a new home in the community of Ascaya and Chula Vista, they were excited to live out their California dream. Their only concern? the community would be nestled below Otai Landfill. But Brookfield, the company they dealt with, put their minds at ease. And they said we would not see any trash, not a worry, basically. That was back in 2018. Bob says Brookfield told them Republic Services would build a large screening berm and operations would completely stop in 2022. They were sold. But when they moved in, their idyllic neighborhood changed. They could see dumping in plain sight, hear loud booms to scare away birds, and the air was flooded with horrible smells. Bob immediately took action, making calls, emailing sales, Republic, and anyone from the city or county who might help. Republic Services told them the landfill would be operational for almost a decade. I got a cold chill thinking, uh-oh. Something went wrong here. He says he's speaking out, not just for changes for his community, but one that was recently approved by the city. It's a cautionary tale. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Chula Vista Mayor Mary Salas, San Diego County, and Chula Vista media contacts did not respond to requests for interviews. Republic Services provided a statement that said in part, quote, we will work closely with regulatory partners to ensure compliance. The San Diego City Council Tuesday approved a new set of rules for shared electric scooters. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says the goal is to improve safety and accountability. San Diego has taken a relatively light touch to regulating scooters, and critics have been calling for a crackdown. The new rules require the devices to be parked off the sidewalk in a designated area, and scooter companies have to automatically slow them down when they're being ridden on a sidewalk. Councilmember Joe LaCava says it's about time. We have all seen too many abuses by individuals using the scooters under the old framework. Underage riders, multiple riders on a single scooter, scooters dumped anywhere and everywhere. By July, the city is planning on allowing only four scooter companies to operate in the city. Right now, there are six. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. And that's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.